San Diego's talk radio leader, 760 KFMB presents It's Your Money and Your Life. For the next hour, Richard Musio and Joe Vecchio will educate and inform you on matters related to your financial future, your life, and your leisure. Now, with It's Your Money and Your Life, here are Richard and Joe. All right, good evening, buddy. My name is Joe Vecchio, your co-host, announcer, and producer. Coming to you from KFMB Studios with 50,000 watts of power. We're heard not just in San Diego County, but Orange County, L.A. County, up the coast of Seattle on a good night, down to Cabo, out to the desert. If you download the app for 760KFMB or TuneIn Radio, you can hear this show as it airs on any device. And all these podcasts are commercial-free on iymoney.com. Now it's time to introduce the main man of the hour. He's a CPA extraordinaire, accomplished marathon runner, uh, best-selling author, a lecturer, a philanthropist, and a family office expert advising several high net worth families. His name is Richard Musio. Richard, good evening. How are you tonight? I am marvelous this evening, Joe. <laughs> Always great to see you. And I want to make sure everybody out there who's listening is voting. Absolutely. Again, realitychangers.org slash mailin slash M-A-L-I-N. Go to realitychangers. Yeah, the big event is when? I think it's May 23rd. May 23rd. But again, the movie Feet Before You Eat Foundation. Right. You're up for it, and so is Michelle St. Clair, right? For yep, and then Leap Lifestyle Management. Michelle so, St. Clair is so a great ch- company, check out one those, of our sponsors. Check out those categories. So, Bert, vote early and often. There. You can vote once a day for 22 straight days. This is just like trying to get elected in Chicago. Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. Who knows? But... Um, <laughs> In any case, and I'm still, I'm in the final throes of this sinusitis allergy stuff, and uh, I hope anybody out there is suffering with it. It's just about the end. Of it. I'm, I'm still taking the steroid nasal spray, and I had a lot of miso soup yesterday. I think that that helped. But uh, And I'm doing the ibuprofen and uh, what else, decongestant, and, and there. <laughs> It's it's a bear. I think that's all that rain and that super bloom, and uh, I do know some people. Yeah, a lot of allergy problems going around because everything's growing. I've talked to some adults who have never had allergies in their life, and they're and they're getting a you know a little bit of an issue. Yeah. But anyway, uh, battle through it, and uh, you're tough. Yeah, we're getting we're getting there. I think another couple of days I'll be a hundred percent. So, without further delay, um, we've got a really interesting show tonight. We have two guests in studio. We have um, a student and pupil of the, the, the doctor here. So uh, without further delay, I'm going to introduce uh, Pam Reed, who's been... Uh, Ladies first. Yes. She's been a student of uh, meditation with, uh, at the Nataraja Meditation and Yoga Center, which is run by Dr. Erhard Vogel for over 40 years, and it changed her life. So welcome, Pam. Thank you. And of course, we have the doctor himself here, Dr. Erhard Vogel. Welcome, Dr. Vogel. Thank you. Well, let's start with Pam and go through your whole metamorphosis and, and journey. And uh, I know that you helped, uh, you, know, you know, entice the booking of the show. So uh, tell us what motivated you and tell us about your, little, your whole history with, uh, with Dr. Vogel and your, and your personal history. Well, I started with Dr. Vogel about nine years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would say I didn't know anything about his program. Mm-hmm. But I found somebody who was in the program, and she said that it was available, and I said, I want to learn to meditate. Mm. I, I had had some experience with that before, I thought, mm-hmm. uh, but in fact, it wasn't once I found out in this program what meditation really is. So what? Uh, let, let's back it up a few more years. Uh, why? What, what motivated you to, what journey were you on? Were you seeking, were you uh, under stress or anxiety or you're trying to deal with issues in life and or, or what was going on? What was going on is I felt my life was in absolutely perfect shape except for the stress I had 
Uh, I was a real estate broker, and it can be 24-7. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never shut it off. Mm. I, I just continued working all the time, mm. and that got to me. Yeah, that's so right. how, how many years? Peace. How many years, or how long was your career in that profession? Uh, it is now forty years. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, at what point in your real estate career was it? Were you five, six years in, and you said, "I'm just"? Uh, or, or was it the advent of technology that did this to you? <laughs> <laughs> it was the advent of technology that did this to me. Well, <laughs> I mean, we had telephones back in the day too. I mean, you were probably didn't uh, have to pick it up, Joe. Well. But I think Pam did because okay. she obviously uh, was under stress. But seriously, was it in part related to technology and the, the constant? Well, I, I tried to ask you at what point, yeah. Richard, If you uh, was it five years into your career? No, no, what? it was uh, probably, well, uh, over 30 years. Okay. Okay. So, you know? so this about 10 years ago is when you really started to feel the stress and needed to seek some kind of um, solution for yes. yourself. Yes, huh? and I had felt it before, and I had, had sought other uh, teachers, and I was reading a lot of books, and, um, you know, it gave me something mm. to hang on to, but it wasn't the deep kind of work that is unique with Dr. Vogel. Did you find it affecting your health and, uh, and, and everything else? Uh, this program has absolutely. No, but I mean, when you're under stress, yeah, he meant when you're under stress. Oh, the stress, stress yeah. would yeah would wipe me out. Yeah, so, yeah. Fatigue and confusion and all kinds of things, right? And exercise. And I know you're perfectly happily married and with pets and everything, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious. So, did you have children, or do you have children? My husband has three, and we have four grandchildren. Wow. Okay. Well, that will add that'll add to some stress too. But any, <laughs> but. Uh, but uh, in any case, all right, so about 10 years ago, you, you uh, started seeking some solutions for yourself, and tell us uh, what you went through. Yeah, well, actually, I would say it, would start, it started probably, um, I would say maybe 30 years ago, mm. when, believe it or not, my real estate trainer brought in for a small group of people some, some people who could help us with our lives, and one of those was Wayne Dyer. Ah. Sure. We got to spend... An afternoon with him. I've mm. read some of his works. Mm. Mm-hmm. And Look. so he started me on the first book, The Infinite Self. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I didn't know what that was at the time, mm-hmm. but I learned about it. And now I know through Erhard what it truly is. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, so you were with, you read some of his books. Attended? Did you t- attend any more lectures with uh, Wayne Dyer? Or, or yes, I, I I would go to a lot of things and read a lot of books. Mm-hmm. Um, Hay House has a lot of things available to people, but you know I realized they're interesting and they can make a difference if you apply what you're learning. Mm-hmm. But typically, I find that people who read don't get the experience that they can get through a program that that gives them the deep experience of themselves. Because you're talking about the need to change your behavior, right? Exactly. Okay. So most of these folks, I take it, are highly motivated, highly self-driven, very ambitious, right? And um, they're trying to get it all together in their life and, and, and hit on all eight cylinders, maybe even 10. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Spinal Tap, Joe. Yeah. The amplifier goes up to 11. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, does that sound about right? Uh, yeah. No, I, I was on, on all cylinders plus super, all the time. Super achievers, yes. So, okay. Um, so how long with Wayne Dyer? And then uh, give us the, the, the path from there, uh, what you experienced. Well, um, 
a number of different books um, by all kinds of different people, many people that were so sponsored by Hay House. Mm. And then uh, I would attend Louise those conferences. Louise Hay. Yeah. Yes, In fact, our guest Louise. Marissa Morris was recently published by Hay House. Mm. Uh-huh. And so um, that just got me to the point where I could appreciate a program like Earhart's, mm-hmm. where, um, where I could really learn from the experience Mm. of myself, how to be different. Gotcha. So when did, uh, how were you introduced to Dr. Vogel? By luck. By luck. <laughs> I, you said by a friend, right? It, it was. Okay. And it, well, she's become a friend, but I was just simply at the La Jolla Farmer's Market buying my vegetables. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Mary Kilmer was there mm-hmm. at the Nataraja booth talking mm. about meditation and just that night before, I had discussed with my husband, you know, I'm really going to find a program that I can really learn to meditate and get rid of the stress and be peaceful. Mm. And there she was the next day. I just said, I'm signing up. It's the whole visualization thing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was about, what, five years ago, seven years ago? Almost nine. Nine years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. So anyway, by signing up, you meant you were signing up to go to a class? Yes, signing okay. up for the program. Mm-hmm. Okay. Introductory. Anyway, we're going to get more into it with Pam Reed, and we're going to speak with Dr. Er- uh, Erhard Vogel when we come back from our so everybody break. Take a deep breath, hold take, it, and then exhale slowly. There you go. We'll, we'll be right back after these announcements. Hang on. All right, we are back, and Richard wants to... Th- Happy birthday! I can't say how old she is, but Courtney Hulse, who does an amazing job on our award-winning radio show website for our award-winning radio show. And we has a birthday tomorrow. There you go. Uh, but again, I'm not allowed to disclose her age. Okay. She's less than 100, more than three. Oh, my gosh. Somewhere between three and 100. <laughs> okay. So Courtney Law, I mean, well, she used to be Courtney Lauber. Now she's Courtney Holes. That's correct. Happy birthday, and thanks for doing a great job on the IYMoney.com Excellent. website. Excellent. We are back with Pam Reed, who's a student at the Nataraja Meditation and Yoga Center that's operated by Dr. Erhard Vogel. And we have none other than Dr. Erhard Vogel in studio with us. So uh, welcome, doctor. Thank you very much. You've got a fascinating history before we get into your, your programs and, and thoughts. But uh, give us a bit about your bio. I know you, um, you, were, you grew up in Germany under, under uh, not so pleasant circumstances. Uh, you want to give us, tell us a little bit about your, your childhood and how you got over here? Well, I had a, a I, I guess you could say, different kind of childhood. I grew up uh, living through bombardments and seeing a lot of dead people that I used to know alive. And, what uh, year were you born? 1939. Okay. So that's just the beginning of the war. I was going to say, mm. what timing? And I didn't have anything to do with uh, the beginning of the war. But... Um, which city what did you grow up in, by the way? I grew up in a city called Dortmund. It's a large city that was known for steel and coal and beer. Near, <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily in that order. <laughs> that uh, uh, what is Dortmund is near where? Berlin or Frankfurt? or? It's uh, in the northwest near Dusseldorf, Essen, Cologne. Most people know where Cologne okay, is. Okay, Cologne. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful been, country. I've been there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, born in 39, wow. And um, so, so, by, you, you by the time I was, was about five years old, we were really deep into the bombardments. Mm. Uh, we had moved to a smaller city in uh, Bavaria, 
were my father had sent us because Dortmund was going to be bombed to smithereens, mm-hmm. which it was. Uh, and then in this small town, we were like what they call carpet bombing, where there there are planes overhead. You the sky is gray with planes, and they're just dropping hundreds of bombs per plane. And uh, so we survived out in the wild and sometimes in the houses if we couldn't get out in time, but often people got buried in their houses. Mm. From the rubble. How, how, what was your closest call? Well, the closest call was when our home got bombed, mm. directly hit by a bomb. Yeah. And that's where it all started for me because I, we, we ran down into the cellar of, our home, and uh, we knew the bombs were getting closer and closer, so we knew we were going to get bombed. And I felt I knew I was going to die. So I wanted to prepare myself. So now here, I'm five and a half years old. I wanted to prepare myself to die. But what I wanted was when my body was going to get destroyed, I wanted to be there, be present, and experience myself in continuity as I went to whatever went next. I had no idea what was going to... At the age of five and a half, they had that realization and and that terror, right? I mean, you must have been... Well, that was the thing. I felt so terrified, and people around me were screaming. There were other people in that basement, in that cellar, you know, Mm -hmm. and my family. We pressed ourselves underneath a stone arch because when a bomb explodes, a vacuum is created that can just plaster you against a stone wall. Mm. And so you're like a bloody postage stamp, you know. So, so did, I, did your family get over here too, or did you adjust yourself, or uh, how'd you... Wind? My, my mother, brother, and sister mm. came with me. Mm. So when that bomb uh, bombardment uh, happened, we were pressed underneath there, and I felt... The panic all around me, people were screaming and so on. I felt it inside of me, and I decided I'm going to make myself be stone, calm, clear in order to experience this Mm. and continue in consciousness from this state in the body to the next state. Mm -hmm. And I concentrated so hard that it's like the lights went on. The illumination happened Mm -hmm. where I totally experienced what I am, and why I am. And just without words even. I'm, remember, I'm only a five-and-a-half-year-old yeah. child. And at, then one, the, at one with the universe, right? I mean, Yeah, the whole cosmos. That, that whole <laughs> infinite plane thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the bomb hit. And that was another the bomb hitting makes a lot of illumination too. And then, so next to us was a room that had like maybe 10, 15 people sitting on three sides on benches, and <clears throat> they were still sitting there afterwards, but they were all dead. But our, our family survived. Wow. And as we came upstairs, we saw everything is like a Dali-esque scene, you know, really, really strange. Everything devastated, huh? Devastated black, you know, trees are burnt out and naked of leaves and so on. And but I'm in this state now of this this illumined state, and I wanted to stay in it because it was something just absolutely wonderful. Mm-hmm. But then I saw a bird in the tree, and how is this bird still alive? The tree is, is black and naked, you know? And I saw a laundry line that was torn apart by shrapnel and, and mud, and I was 
you know, outraged by that. And I, so I noticed that my mind was going to these different things, but I wanted my mind to be here, to be still in that experience of that complete luminous consciousness. Mm. Wow. So, so where, do you, where does your family go from there? Do you go to a shelter? I mean, what, what happens next? Or what happened next? Well, the reason we survived was because we were in a 14th century Capuchin monastery okay. complex. That wasn't a monastery anymore, but the buildings were mm-hmm. from that time. And so across the yard from there was another series of buildings where we could stay mm-hmm. for a few nights. And then we moved further into the country. of We stayed at a farm for a few months. And then at the end of the war, we went back to Dortmund. Now, Capuchin, I was in Rome at the Capuchin uh, I guess a, a monastery there. They, this thing's decorated in thousands of skulls. I, I hope the one in Germany wasn't the same way, was it? No, they were only the World War II skulls. There. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, yeah, though, right? They, the one yeah. in Rome. It's uh, yeah. co- it's, it's a, it, you'll, the, it'll stick with you forever if you ever see that place. But so, um, so you were in Germany post-war. What made your family decide to immigrate to the United States? Well. My father was um, a, uh, the youngest publisher of a large city newspaper, mm. and he was called, pulled in in 1938 to work in communications and such. So he was in all of the battles of the war, and we still heard from him in March for my sister's birthday in March 19, 1945. And you know the, the war ended just a few months afterwards. Right. We got a phone call from him, talked with him, and that's the first, last we ever heard of him yeah. again. Mm. Now, as far as education, um, did you were you able to go to um, any schools in Germany or here, uh, or a lot of this was just self illumination? Or well, schools I, I went to in Germany um, because right after the war, schools resumed. You know, on mm-hmm. a very basic level, I think we had several class, uh, you know, several grades in the same classroom for a while, mm-hmm. and we sit on wooden planks, you know. So, but so and then when I came to the States, I was almost 15 years old, and so I went to high school here and then to college. Did you come directly to San Diego or? No, we came to Spring Valley, New York, a suburb of New York City. Okay. And uh, I came then, then uh, after high school, I went to, to college at uh, Pride Institute mm-hmm. in yeah, New York. I see you became an architect, actually, right? Yeah. At a world-renowned mm-hmm. firm. Did, did, did you have family here, or, or were you the first members of your family to get to the no, USA? His, mo- his mother and sister were here. My were. mother, sister, and brother were here, and mm-hmm. then we had an aunt and uncle who lived in Denver. Okay. So they were here, too. So you had this great career going in the field of architecture. Which we're going to talk more about after this break. Yeah, we got to take a break. We'll come back with Dr. Erhard Vogel and Pam Reed talking about uh, his expert in life foundation and more right after this. All right, we're back with the award-winning It's Your Money and Your Life, and this is a time where Richard and I like to thank sponsors, and first and foremost among them is ABC Family Law, operated by Sharon attorneys Sharon Blanchet and Lisa Christensen and all the great women working in the family law space there. And Richard has more. It's so nice how alphabetical that is to start our list, isn't it? ABC. Mm-hmm. And then we get near the end of the alphabet. UBS, we could not do this great show without the great support of UBS and Michael 
Corantes. A big thank you to Mike and UBS. Also, our favorite CPAs on the planet. We have two groups of them, taxis and just ended, but more traditional CPAs. That would be Polito Epic CPAs up in San Marcos with Don Epic and Paul Polito. Also, Jason Kruger. Jason is a CPA who's very specialized. He owns Signature Analytics, which is a CFO service firm located in a multitude of regions along the West Coast. Also, our great friend Joel Grushkin with Cost Segregation Initiatives. Joel helps real estate owners improve their cash flow. Now, if you need a place to keep all the money that these sponsors make for you, we highly recommend Mechanics Bank. Sean Puckett is, of course, the VP of the San Diego region, working out of the UTC office. Mechanics Bank specializes in unique banking services of wealthy families and families that own real estate enterprises. Also, Hub International, formerly known as Mars Maddox Insurance, boy, is employee benefits an ever-changing field, given this discussion about whether Obamacare stays or goes. Neil Staley with Hub International. Also, my great friend Tony Lombardi with the LG Experience and the Lombardi Group, helping wealth advisors make heroes out of CPAs to the CPA's very best clients. And the LG Experience has a great continuing education event coming up for CPAs at the Omni La Costa Resort on June 19th, 20th, and 21st. More on that later. Paul Hines. Paul, of course, is not only the CEO of Hearthstone Private Wealth Management, he also heads up the SeniorSafeAndSound.org initiative here in San Diego, helping to prevent financial abuse of the elderly. Vote early and often for Michelle St. Clair. Michelle, of course, heads up Elite Lifestyle Management. For those of you, like me, who have no time to get things done, from simple things like travel arrangements to more complex tra travel arrangements, like having dinner with Bocelli in August in Tuscany in Italy, which she helped me arrange, Elite Lifestyle Management will get the job done for you. Also, Brenda Geiger with the Geiger Law Office. She, too, has a great continuing education event coming up on May 12th at the Loma Santa Fe Country Club for both CPAs as well as attorneys. Brenda, of course, specializes in asset protection and estate planning. And, Joe, I missed dinner to do this show. I'm getting <laughs> hungry. What can you do for me? Well, there's the, the Berry Good Food Foundation run by Michelle ciccarelli Lirac and all the great foodie events they do throughout the year, including the big Berry Good Night Dinner coming up in June. And, of course, there's Lestat's Coffee Houses, uh, the original in uh, Normal Heights and, and uh, the second on Park Boulevard and third on University Avenue, all open 24-7, 365 with a lot of uh, great food and coffee and, and beverages. sometimes great music, depending on the venue. Absolutely, on Adams Avenue. Adams Avenue. And... Um, and, of course, um, many of these sponsors have been working with Richard for many years, right, with great success. Well, how about decades? Like three <laughs> of them in some cases. <laughs> and uh, that's a long time. We're getting into Dr. Vogel territory because I know he founded his organization 74. Just a little background. I know you had a radio series on the in public media here. It was called uh, Journey. Where is it here? Uh, tell me the title again. Journey. To Journey into your center. Journey into your center. So that ran for about a year and a half. And I know you've uh, put on great programs all over the country uh, with, subs, uh, with such subjects as overcoming depression, stress release, and fulfilling relationships, uh, which we all can use uh, some work on all of those, some or all of those areas. Right, Richard? Well, we all need work on those areas. Yes, yes, but, yes. Um, so where did we leave off, Dr. Vogel? We, uh, we left off with Architecture, Pratt Institute. Ah, that's right. So the epiphany where you wanted to... Um, I guess, transform yourself and get out of architecture and seek something more fulfilling in your life. So tell us about that whole transformation. Well, I had risen in the ranks of architecture, worked in a world-famous firm. and uh, In New York? In New York, mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, I 
I'd gone into architecture in order to do something meaningful for humanity because that had always been my approach since I had met death as, as a child. Mm-hmm. And uh, I found that I was working, you know, on big projects that were always in Time Magazine, Newsweek, and so on. But I, um, I felt I was working for the overprivileged at the expense of the underprivileged. And probably a little stressed out yourself, too, right? Maybe uh, not so much. Well, I was too young for that. Okay. You know? <laughs> <laughs> young and stupid. You didn't, yeah, you, know. you didn't know any better. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I know what you mean. I didn't have any stress until I had three kids. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I had invested very heavily into architecture and mm-hmm. uh, student, you know, as a student and so on. But I had to. I came to the decision that this is not what my life for, is for. And I always remembered that that moment of meeting death and and that illumination where I knew what my life was for. And so I wasn't doing that in architecture. Mm. Uh, I wasn't working as that. And so I decided I need to do something else. I have no idea what it is, but I have to stop this. And so within a week, I got rid of my apartment and my worldly goods and uh, bought a tent and a backpack and boots and a sleeping bag and went off traveling around the world for about four years on foot. Mm. Well, yeah, I think a lot of people say, I want to do something else, but they don't stop doing what they're doing, so they, do, by definition, don't have a lot of time to explore what the other thing might be. Yeah, right. So you just, you just cut it clean. Well, that's because... How else can I figure out what to do next? In right. my case, I'm not saying everybody right. should do so this. So where did you, you, north, south, east, west, where did you go? What did you have in mind? Well, I went uh, all the way through Europe and then through Turkey and uh, uh, Syria and Saudi Arabia and Iraq. And what year was Iran, this? Iran, 1971. Wow. And, and did the answer come to you on your journey? No, the answer, I don't know what to, which answer. But, but, but uh, what, in other words, what you were going to do next, shall well, we say, to make a living? Oh, or? what I was going, no, actually, I no, I didn't have an answer yet. I was actually doing it. I, I was okay. teaching then, uh, like in the different countries, but informally. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up in uh, Iran, Iraq, uh, Afghanistan, and really, really loved it there. And then India and Nepal. And... There I found in the Himalayas two luminous sages that were like revered around the world, more in too many people more than the Pope. Mm. And we became very fast friends. Were these Buddhist monks or what were what would you cut term uh, term them? Um, the, they they were monks, they were swamis, mm. uh, not Buddhists though. Mm. Uh, but they were absolutely real, no nonsense, not a not a religious overtone. It was mostly just the reality of being. How did you find them? You were asking around when you got there. Uh, who's interesting to talk to here? Or um, well, you hear you hear things through the grapevine all the all the time, and there was no way of avoiding them. Mm. And um, I went, so I went up to the Himalaya. I met them, and we became fast friends. It sounds like the Beatles when they met the Dalai Lama <laughs> or something. Speaking of the Dalai Lama, he's speaking at UCSD's graduation in June. I didn't know that. Yep, interesting. Yeah. Uh, so, so if I ever beat him, I'm going to say, yeah. "Well, hello, Dolly." Yes. 
Sorry. Okay. Anyway, there's a there's a deli named that. You know. I know so that. hello, hello. So well, let's get back to <laughs> Doctor. Back on topic. The, yeah. <laughs> it's the Dalai Lama or something. But yeah. anyway, uh, Earhart, let me ask you. <laughs> it's really bad. Yeah. I know. No, there really is a deli. It's on Fifth and uh, Robinson. You can stop now, Jeff. Fifth and Pennsylvania. <laughs> no, there. You go to Fifth and Pennsylvania. It's there. He's anyway, not going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real deal. But uh, he so always er, has to top me. So Earhart, let me ask you this: um, What books were you reading prior to your journey? Uh, or what philosophers or what what uh, books were you reading that? Uh, well, made? interestingly enough, I I read literature. I don't read books on philosophy and so on because mm. I don't want to get it mixed up with what I have so carefully developed for mm. over all the years. So, what would what literature would you be reading? Would it be well, uh, novels and so on, Russian classical literature. as well? Yeah, Russia, any country's good literature, okay. even from China and. Korea and so on. Okay, so you're in the Himalayas and you met these. So I met sages. these guys, mm -hmm. and they were amazed, and they said, "You know the same things that we know from you know thousands of years of the Sanskrit scriptures, mm. yeah, you know, the Upanishads and the Puranas and so on. How do you know all of this?" Well, we talked and so on, and they found my techniques that I had developed for myself so interesting that. They had me teach among the sages in the Himalayas, which is like unheard of for huh. a, an outsider, you know. Huh. And we had a relationship for over 30 years until so you, they so you, eventually died, you know. Oh, gosh. We have to take a break right there. We'll be back with Dr. Earhart Vogel, Pam Reed, right after these announcements. Hang on. All right. Get smart. We're getting smart with Dr. Earhart Vogel and Pam Reed talking about his journey. So we're in the Himalayas. You're having these wonderful conversations. Would you just sit and talk all day with a lot, with these sages? And uh, Well, not all day. I mean, we all were very busy, uh, you know, working with other people and so on. But then I spent a, a while uh, in a cave up in the Himalayas. I lived mm. there all by myself. Didn't have to talk. I was in silence all mm -hmm. the time. That was on I, purpose? I mean, you went there oh, to, yes. to be silent. <laughs> yes. <Okay. laughs> it was a wonderful thing. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, I was free of all the responsibilities I'd always had and all the things, all the calendars and so on. And I was sitting at the banks of the River Ganges and just living in my little cave and surrounded by monkeys uh, twice a day and just in bliss, joyous, just in back in that illumination that I had enjoyed so much as a child and had cultivated throughout my life. You know, this kind of reminds me, the, the, one of the very first monks was St. Anthony of Egypt, and this guy lived, you know anything about him? He lived in a cave, and he lived to 105 years old. He just ha had a loaf of bread a week. They would bring him, and he had fresh water source, mm -hmm. and this guy just meditated a lot. And <laughs> Yeah, that's how I lived. Yeah, yeah. amazing. But so, so then I had this experience of just this great interconnectedness with everything in the cosmos, and it's almost like going through Genesis, how everything fits together. And I wrote that down and uh, sent it to uh, some people, some friends and students back in the, in the States. And um, it occurred to me, if I can live this happily after I, all that I went through, if I can be so joyous and so fulfilled and everything makes sense, but back home, there are people who just, they suffer. Mm. Mm -hmm. And our society, our country, especially our people, they suffer from, 
You know, we have all the material goods. Self-inflicted wounds. I'm thinking of the university city shooting. If this guy perhaps had taken your class or, you know, maybe a lot of his angst would have um, dissipated and we wouldn't have had yeah. that horrible incident. Um, but run. even even more so on the ordinary daily level of, you know, regular citizens, mm -hmm. there is an uh, epidemic of depression, anxiety, anger, and when that doesn't get uh, resolved, mm -hmm. frustration, you know, and yet we live in a land of the greatest opportunity. After all these countries I went through, mm -hmm. you know, one thing I found out, most people in many of the countries are much happier than our people. With a lot less, But right? they have so much less. Mm -hmm. And then when I came back here, I was impressed by the enormous sense of space and largesse and opportunity mm -hmm. and vitality but also when you're in the street and look at people's faces they there's this anxiety and fear it, it's and so even on. go go back to the midwest during the december january and go to the grocery store and see people driving down the street you're definitely miserable <laughs> go, go, go to manhattan and walk around but um so this is a fast-forward question. How did you get from a cave in the Himalayas to San Diego? Well, good. So in the cave, I thought, okay, I've got it made. I can stay like this for the rest of my <laughs> okay. life. And, and I'm really doing something good because that influences your, your part of humanity. Right. You're part of it and so on. But then the people back home, they're suffering because they don't know. They're suffering due to ignorance of who they really are and what they can do about living true to themselves directing their life towards their fulfillment. They don't know how to do that. Mm -hmm. They have no idea. And it can be made simple. All you have to do is learn how to understand yourself, understand your mind and feelings and emotions and so on, and how to use them in your favor instead of them just running rampant, helter-skelter, and making misery for you. Mm -hmm. You know. So I, I can teach this to these people. You know, mm -hmm. and that's why I came back out of my mountain cave and wanted, you know, to help. And that's why I came back to the United States and eventually ended up here in San Diego and formed the Nataraja Yoga Ashram. There you go. And that started about 35 years ago in, in 1974. Here in San Diego or did it start somewhere else? Started in San Diego. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Let's give the website expertinlife.org if people are interested in, in more. Um, so really out of a sense of generosity, you said, you know, let me share my experience with, and maybe I can help some other people if they, and they, maybe they can get to the same place I was. And that was a lot of your motivation, right? I think the motivation was somewhat different than generosity. It was knowing that we're interconnected. Mm. Uh, like as a member of a family, I wouldn't, uh, you know, if we were starving, <laughs> like if we were after the war and so on, and I were to find a cache of, of, of food, mm -hmm. I wouldn't just go and gorge myself and keep it secret from my family mm. or my neighbors and my friends, right? Gotcha. So what I had was the food for the soul and for the self, and I, I needed to share that because if they're suffering, I'm suffering too. Gotcha. You know? And so that brought me back here. So, so did you suggest that people are, in general, more stressed out today than they were 25, 30, 35 years ago? Well, I didn't suggest that, but I, I would agree with that, okay. yes, yes. Okay. Well, um, it just depends. I'm sure, you know, 
when you grew up as a child, what's more stressed out when, when your country is under attack, you know, or if there's warfare going on? But, so. but I meant people here in the U.S. Yeah. 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 But, you know, the interesting thing about that is how come we're more stressed with all of the concentration on that topic that has been going on here for the mm-hmm. last 30, 40 years right. and all of the teachers, including meditation teachers who come around and so on and so on? You know? Yeah. Well, I personally haven't recovered from the last election, but anyway. <laughs> well, we, and isn't it weird? Uh, we have all these great um, uh, conveniences, and yet we still feel stressed for time. Like we don't have enough time, even though we have all these great uh, modern technology uh, conveniences well, going on. So, you know, it's we all have the same amount of time. That right. is the mm-hmm. the constant flow of time. Right. How we apportion that time for ourselves? That's our choice. Right. You see. Now the thing is. If we address that time to ourselves, to who we really are, and do our workings in that attitude, addressing the experiences of everything that we're engaged with, addressing it to ourselves, to who we really are, then the problems dissolve. So in the last few minutes, you tell us about your class. If people are interested in their classes or lectures or uh, workshops, um, what can they do? Where how do they how do they get in touch or where do they give us a, a, a you know? The well, they can point. get in contact with the Nataraja Meditation and Yoga Center, mm-hmm. and um, through the expertinlife.org website or right. Okay, right. all right. By the way, that's what we call our program, the Expert in Life program, gotcha. because a lot of people have focused much of their life, education, and so on, on becoming expert at a certain trade or a mm-hmm. profession or so, mm-hmm. but that's not enough. To be an expert at your, at conducting your life towards mm. your fulfillment, mm. that is even more important, mm. you know? Absolutely. And so that's what we focus on. Yeah, you hear so many professionals, uh, you know, they're great at their job, or maybe they went into the profession because their dad did, but they're not, <laughs> they're, they're great professionals, but they're not truly, truly happy. So, um, you know, I guess or they have fulfilled. to... Or fulfilled. Yeah. Uh, so uh, your workshops take place, what, weekly or uh, monthly, or how does that work? Well, it takes place... <laughs> We we meet on uh, every Monday night, okay. but then we also have uh, correspondence. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are in the class over the internet; they're part of it. Okay, gotcha. But the work takes place throughout every day of the week. Mm-hmm. There is a constant engagement with. We, we there is a book that we read and discuss together, and the the students they uh, support each other and they have a mentor so so they're constantly engaged in becoming more attentive mm. to themselves to Excellent. who they really are and to to contribute that to their family and their community and then how many you have a book uh, journey into your center and any other books there's well there's journey into your center and then there's the a, cd the stress release response right 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 and right, there's folks. a book called The Four Gates that is very popular right now. Excellent. So, expertinlife.org, folks, we wanted to thank Dr. Erhard Vogel for being our guest, Ph.D. Pam Reed, thank you so much, student of, of uh, Dr. Vogel's. Richard Musio, great seeing you again. Justin Hart, our audio engineer, thanks for making us sound terrific. Thanks to Craig Blanke, our account executive, and Dave Sniff, our programming genius here at KFMB. All these podcasts are commercial-free on iymoney.com. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you.